X Games mode, bro. <laughs> Big Dog Ball Talk. Mad Ike or Jordan Uh Yeah, we're, we're, we're talking vines. We're talking skateboarding. Jordan Flegel, uh, you know, the, the Tony Hawk of his generation, as I'm just finding out as uh-huh. we get into this. Uh, laser flips, kick flips, pop the Owen Sound. He does it all, ladies and gentlemen. The Owen Sound Skate Park was where it's at for a couple years there, Matt. Did you ever, was it? Did you ever check it out? Uh, I, I actually think that the original. I think you're you're talking about the original. Yeah, it was by the water. Up. Yeah, yeah. I, I that predates my my Owen Sound uh, tenancy, and uh, yeah, I, I never. I don't think I ever saw it, but uh, yeah. Then they built that other one behind the Y, and that one was uh, was oh, yeah. just a, a lot of scooter kids hung out. And, uh, I think I, I feel like I've, I feel like I've said this on the podcast before. If you are over the age of like. I'd say tw- 13 is the cutoff. If you're 13 or over, you cannot ride a scooter ever. What about ever. an electric scooter? You are scooter? a fucking loser. A what about fucking an electric No. And that's the worst. Any of these people, <laughs> I mean, I haven't seen any here, thank God, because uh, since I've moved out of the city, uh, for anyway, any listeners that, that don't know, yeah, I'm really, really in the boonies now. Uh, but all these electric scooters, like the ones that fucking go like... Like a car, like 60 kilometers. I see people uh, racing those things on the street, man. Oh, I yeah. hope they get hit every single time I see them. <laughs> Matt, some, people, some people ride those on the, the sidewalk, man. Not yeah. cool. Don't like it. Go get an actual car, something. I don't care. Go for a run. Fuck those things. Uh, and again, unless you are a, a child, you cannot scooter. Uh, it's lame. I, You're hey, a loser if you do it. I scootered for a bit, too. I was under the your cutoff, though, for sure. I, I well, definitely you're stopped. Cool, man. But, You're uh, lucky. No, but I mean, everyone knows, uh, you know, what it's like getting one of those little ones to the shins. Uh, I wonder mm-hmm, what mm-hmm. what those big, what the, the big motorized scooter. one, yeah, the Razor sh- scooter. But the big motorized one, you ever swing that handlebar around, smack your shins? That cannot mm-hmm. be, uh, that cannot be nice. Something's shattering for sure. Uh, so, yeah, I don't know how I feel about the scooters, but ev- everyone's got them these days. Um, it's yeah, pretty fun it's... if you ride on one. It's, it's no. funner than you think about it. You're, you're gonna try it one day. You're gonna change your mind. I won't. I'm telling you, I won't. No. Uh, but uh, it's Big Dog Ball Talk, Matt. Or Jordan Flegel. We're here to recap uh, the weekend of NBA madness uh-huh. that's been going on. Uh, some sadness, some some funny moments, some crazy moments. But uh, we're going to get all into it. Uh, and we're going to lead off here with the Bucks and the Atlanta Hawks recapping that game. Uh, one that, you know, I don't think a lot of people had circled on their, their radar. Mm-hmm. The Bucks coming in as uh, pretty big favorites, uh, you know, as this one went. Uh, you know, six and a half point uh, favorites uh, when, it, when it all went down, I believe, uh, in, in the beginning. Could have, could have been a bit bigger than that, I don't know. But uh, the, uh, you know, the, the Bucks were poised, you know, in a lot of people's minds after their their big win over the 76ers to kind of start off the season. Although it was close and no James Harden, you know, they still looked impressive together. Uh, you know, Dame and Giannis really meshing. But yeah. this game was kind of the opposite, Jordan. Giannis did not, you know, he, he didn't drop the ball this time. He carried the load, uh, scored well, rebounded well, shot the ball efficiently. It yeah. was actually Damian Lillard that was the one of the lone kind of, uh, you know, the eyesores out there. Yeah. Uh, even the bench mob, they were all chipping in, uh, you know, shooting decently. Really, uh, you know, the, the guys you can circle in this matchup that uh, that cost them the game, uh, you know, Pat Connington, two for nine off the bench, and Damian Lillard, two for 12, six, four, and five. That is a stinky, 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 <laughs> stink, stunk line. Uh, and, you know, the, it, he was bad all game. Couldn't contribute much on defense. You know, Trey Young was uh, was given him the business, 20 and 11 there in, uh, in 32 minutes. Like, this was a this was a bad game from the Bucks, and it's early on. And you know, the Giannis and Dame have both you know since this game on the post game comments said that they're still trying to figure it out. They're trying to mesh through this. So I mean, Jordan, on a scale of one to ten, where would you put the the panic meter after uh, a beatdown like this, a one sided beatdown uh, suffered to a team that really you're designed to beat? Yeah, I mean, 
it's Atlanta, you know, on, uh, for their part, you know, they come out, they lose the first game to Charlotte and it's looking like they're going to have mm-hmm. a, a, a long season here. Um, and, and yeah, they, you know, they looked clearly a lot better against a team. We both think will, uh, you know, predicted would eventually make their way to the finals. So, um, mm-hmm. but yeah, I mean, Milwaukee's been had no, even in the last few going back the last few years, they've never had any issues with this type of team, this Trey young type of team, um, or Trey, Trey young led team, um, you know, it's, it's not really been, been an issue for them, but I'm no telling drill. you, well, this, this, like, I, I don't care about the offense. Cause like they can say, oh yeah, we're still figuring it out. Whatever, whatever. 110 points. You, you, you still get that when you're the, if you're the bucks and yeah, you, Dame, Dame has six points, uh, only, uh, and he, as you mentioned, shot the ball terribly, did not look good. I don't give a fuck about the offense though. You let uh, another team score 127 points on you. I know that's not as much uh, these days as it used to be, but still, they're not getting to the the finals uh, with that type of defense. There's no way because you know yeah. there's much better much better teams that that are capable of scoring even more. Um, and you know it's you're you're looking at the the Bucks backcourt that is now terrible defensively. Like they went from mm-hmm. being maybe the like one of the best defensively uh when you have drew holiday and then whoever else you filter in there whether that was Connaughton, even grayson allen chipped in more than people thought on that mm-hmm. end mm-hmm. he's now gone um and now you're starting backcourt uh if you're the bucks was in this game uh lillard and beasley uh and malik yeah. beasley you know he he was fine offensively he shot six for 12 four for 10 from three that's all good he was a minus 26 because he just couldn't keep anyone couldn't contain anyone you know that's that's no not new for him um and obviously the hawks with their two best players being in the backcourt just took full advantage of it and they didn't even have to have great games individually scoring uh trey young and and dejounte murray uh you know Mm -hmm. trey only had 20 Dejounte murray only had 15 but they were just able to get wherever they wanted and then you know get a a early advantage the ball kind of moved around uh you know nicely by hawks standards and you got just you know a balanced contribution from any everyone and yeah. the bucks just didn't look like they could uh, you know handle it and you know y- like you mentioned as well Giannis had a perfectly fine game that's by his standards it's not great even though 26 and 11 uh you know 9 for 14 that's that's pretty efficient that's pretty damn good um but like every, everyone else on the bucks like paired with what is it was a terrible defensive effort mm-hmm. everyone yeah just kind of looked uh, out of sync um, and, and it's just going to come down to it at the end of the day, like we said in the preview. And like I mentioned, like Dame, he, he's going to do his thing offensively, but you've got other good team. Like you look at a team like the Celtics, they're just as talented as the Bucks in terms of offense, what they can bring to the table. But the Bucks are going to have to show that, you know, not only do they have this upside and star potential offensively of, you know, Giannis being able to go off for 30 plus Dame doing that and we'll see if they can get to a point where they can do that together but if if the bucks can't raise their level of defense to where this we know that you know the celtics personnel can kind of get it to then they're toast uh and that's Mm -hmm. that's just what you know i'm I'm not raising any sort of alarms right now it's not you know after just a few games into the season i'm not going to worry too much about the bucks but the fears about the defense after this game are real as hell it was it was rough yeah, yeah, and this is uh, this is going to be something that we're going to have to watch all year because, again, we said this is going to be a new box, a new look box, uh, yep. a team that's, uh, you know, top to bottom is different, uh, you know, new coaching uh, as well in there. And this is one of those games, I think, that, you know, early on they're going to have to take that punch in the mouth and, uh, you know, 
see how they rebound. Because, uh, again, this was not just, you know, again, on, on Giannis and Dame at the end of the day. The whole team couldn't stop the Hawks. Uh, when you have eight yeah. different players all in double figures, only one guy hit 20. Uh, so this was really, like, uh, like well you know, spread uh, spread out offense here by the mm-hmm. Hawks. This was just like the the, the 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 Bucks had no answer. And I think that honestly, when you kind of look at this matchup, obviously Chris Middleton also out of the lineup in this one, yeah. so that's not helping on either side of the ball as well. Uh, but but when you look at this, like the Hawks really actually now, uh, you know, this was a matchup the Bucks had dominated for so long. Uh, and now when you look at it, like the Hawks actually have every advantage. They are the faster team. They are probably the better ball movement team when it comes to playmakers. Uh, they probably have the better perimeter shooting, uh, you know, outside of Dame really like, like Brooke Lopez is a good shooter, but he's not going to be a guy you can depend on, uh, to, to you know, hit the three ball consistently for you. Beasley is streaky as all hell. Don't even get me started yeah. on, uh, you know, Jay Crowder. Uh, <laughs> this is a, a team that when they're down is going to struggle, especially if Dame can't hit his shots. Uh, and I think yep. that this, you know, is an early blueprint on what how you could potentially beat the Bulls. Obviously, this is a team full the of Bucks, you know, the champions. Bucks. The Bucks, pardon me. Yes, uh, you know the Bucks we'll are going to, to be able to. <laughs> yes, the Bulls are. Yeah, the Bulls are coming quick. Uh, but the Bucks, you know, they they are going to you know rebound from this and figure out ways to you know yeah. figure it out. They're champions. They've got guys who played in you know the, the biggest games possible throughout their careers. Uh, you know, e- even looking down the bench, you got guys like Cameron Payne out there who again have been in the NBA Finals. They know what it's like to get there. So I I think that they. They have the the pieces still, and I don't think it's time to hit the panic button by any means. I mean, it's only the second game of the year for gosh sake, but yeah. this is still a, a a loss that if you're a Bucks fan or you know anyone in that organization, you have to kind of look at and be like, wow, this is not how this should go at all. And uh, I guess also this is a way you can say the Charlotte Hornets are better than the Bucks. Yeah, uh, yeah. You we know, gotta, if you want to follow, we gotta this. rethink everything. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, all in all, I think that you know as we kind of have been saying, you know, as much as this was a bad performance to the Bucks. How much credit are we giving the Atlanta Hawks for this big win? Because, again, this was dominant start to finish. You know, they, they probably would have scored 30-plus uh, points in all four quarters had uh, that fourth quarter they not kind of just dumped in the bench mob in there to kind of finish the game off. Uh, and, and even then, before that, it was already kind of, you know, murder she wrote, dead note there. Like, the, the, nobody else was uh, was bothering to, you know, step up their play on the the side of the Bucks. So, I mean, the, the, the Hawks did look good, all things considered, no matter what way you slice it. Well, yeah, that's the thing too. Like, if you're looking across, uh, you know, you know, like I mentioned there, if you're if you're Trey Young and Dejounte Murray, and you're looking at it across, and it's like, oh, we don't have to deal with this incredible, uh, you know, defensive, uh, you know, juggernaut. Uh, just just with uh, Drew Holiday in that backcourt alone, if you're looking, it's like easy pickings. And then if if that's how your leaders feel, it you know, it can kind of permeate down through your team, and you can everybody everyone you know just played loose, and it was just easy, like. No one was no one was providing any resistance on the Bucks uh, perimeter almost at all. Like the Bucks still, uh, you know, have the potential to be a really good uh, defensive team in terms of on the interior. But you know, a team like the Hawks, very very is very um, you know perimeter oriented. You know, the guys like to take a lot of jump shots, um, and that that was just it, I, I think that sort of gave them confidence right away. It's like, okay, mm-hmm. you know, this this isn't the same old Bucks team that was, uh, you know, solid defensively, you know, all the way through. They've got a weakness now. Um, and so, yeah, I do I do give the Hawks, though, credit for stepping into that uh, and saying, you know, uh, yeah, let's go. Let's go do it. Uh, and, and, yeah, it was an incredibly balanced attack. Like, their bench their bench came to play. Their top three guys, like, uh, I, I almost honestly – 
forgot that they even had acquired Sadiq Bey. I forgot he was there, but he mm-hmm. was great coming off the bench, played more than 30 minutes, um, you know, 13 and 9. Uh, and Bogdanovich and Okongwu, the, the, the other two guys, uh, came in and, and, and filled their roles uh, pretty nicely. Um, and, like... The Hawks sometimes do this, and I think that's why people kind of find them a frustrating team. They do show you this really, like, you know, high ceiling in terms of what they can do, you know, offensively when you've got a dynamic ball handler and Trey Young who can move it around. You've got DeJounte Murray, you know, when the ball finds him, he knows how to move the ball as well. He can also attack the rim a little bit. Um, I was impressed with Jalen Johnson, who's been starting for them, uh, you know, still a young guy. Uh, but was able to you know go two for three from three, uh, and mm-hmm. you know you know spread the floor a little bit and, and be a threat from from everywhere. And you get you know we we talked about DeAndre Hunter needing to step up this year finally, sort of establish himself. You know he 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 didn't jump out at you, but if he's going to be consistently like a fifteen point guy like he was in this one on efficient shooting, uh, then that's fine because you know he's got the physical tools to you know, provide some resistance on the other end defensively as well. So, you know, he, mm-hmm. he, he, he did what he was supposed to do. Um, and so, yeah, like we, we talked about the Hawks in, in our preview and, you know, I, 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 I thought they like, like, like they have needed to for a few years, you know, I, I thought they could benefit from some sort of consolidation trade. Cause they've just got so many of these perimeter guys, but on this given night, everybody ate every perimeter guy, but was able to sort of you know, get, you know, share the sugar, get, 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 get their own shots up. Uh, everyone was fairly efficient. Um, and it was, uh, you know, best case scenario for the Hawks, but I, I do not think it was, you know, as much as they all deserve credit. I, I think this, this is more in my mind, this is more about the, the Bucks really dropping off in terms of their defensive resistance on the perimeter. I don't think, I don't think it's a coincidence that you get you know, this entire Hawks team, like you mentioned, eight guys in, in double figures going off against, uh, you know, this Milwaukee team. I don't think uh, that's just them having a great night. I think they took advantage of what was a much, uh, you know, worse defense than we've seen from the Bucks in the last few mm-hmm. years. And, and that is concerning. And uh, who knows, maybe, uh, you know, AJ Griffin went into daddy's uh, daddy's office, uh, check out the, the game plan before. I don't know. Maybe there was something up, man. Uh, yep. Maybe he didn't want to beat his son. I don't know. Uh, you know, you shouldn't yeah, beat your take kids. Take it easy. Uh, yeah, so I don't know. But, uh, you know, credit to the Hawks, one of the streakiest teams in the NBA. We'll see if yes. this is, uh, you know, not, not just a flash in the pan. Maybe this was, uh, you know, something to, to look at uh, as, as they continue forward. But, again, you take the good, you take the bad. You got your uh, your loss to the Hawks, your win against the Bucks. We'll mm-hmm. see what the next uh, game holds here maybe a close one against a mediocre team but, yeah uh, probably speaking, speaking of mediocre teams man the chicago bulls here we go baby uh, we. I, I think that we uh, i mean we, we were well i guess we'll get to the rest of it as we go but you know we talked about after game one they have a all a players only meeting with the earliest of all time yeah. uh you know i don't think anyone's ever been able to, to beat that don't know if it'll ever be broken uh you know a, a no, record impossible to, for <laughs> Unless, the, to the test you could have time. it at you could have it at halftime of game one that's True. the only way you yeah. can have it Coaches, uh, coaches, get the fuck out. Yeah. Uh, trainer, everybody, get the fuck out. We need to have a, a, a we need to just uh, you know get this sorted <laughs> out. But no, this is a a Bulls team. You know that uh, as great as you know they they've looked at times, just still haven't been able to pull it together. And you know Zach Levine. 
51 points in a, a tremendous effort, you know, uh, this weekend. It was a, a, a crazy game all in all against the Pistons. And, uh, you know, Levine was fire right off the bat, like I think 17 points in the first quarter. He didn't slow down. He just kept it going. And, you know, it still wasn't enough. They lose by, you know, 16 points. Like it wasn't like it wasn't like a close game. <laughs> no. He scored 51 and they got blown out. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, this was just a uh, – I, I, I don't even know where to like really, you know, look other than their bench was absolutely shit. Horrible, <laughs> horrible, horrible, horrible. And this is a team that's so – so top heavy already and even their top heaviness isn't that good like Levine DeRozan and Vooch we've said like it's as talented as they are none of those guys are looked at right now as like man wow this strikes fear into people's hearts this is not a trio of you know number one guys or guys who people can be really look at as you know all-star players even like these are guys who you know have to have they have to really go out there and ball out if they want to get kind of consideration into those kind of talks so I think right now when I look at this team the results they're getting and how they're getting it this is almost like, like this is the clear sign to me if you're management you need to fire sale. You need to do something. You need to go and find ways to get deeper. You need to find ways to get younger. You need to find ways to just change what you have because 51 points and a 16-point loss just doesn't compute in my brain. Yeah, I, I'm so off uh, Zach Levine. I'm telling you. he uh, like, oh, it's I, his it's, fault. It's been, yes, look, it's been an up and down. <laughs> that's, a, that's a hot take. 7 for 13 from 3, 1933 shooting. I mean, it's not, uh, not not the worst performance I've ever seen. Here's the thing. It's been an up and down, uh, you know, career for Zach Levine. And I thought after his whole, you know, joining uh, Team USA uh, in the 2020 Olympics, uh, you know, which were pushed back a year, uh, you know, he, he, he showed that he, was really good defensively through that run. He was he was sort of becoming more of a team player. And and yes, I'm gonna circle Zach Levine because he had 51 points and zero assists. Mm-hmm. Uh, the only yeah, guy Michael to Porter do Jr. that. Smiling somewhere. <laughs> the only guy he since Clay, I think, to do to, to to have a 50 piece with zero assists. And I'm sorry if you. I don't care That's if kind you of score. Impressive, though. It, it, well, it is. It in is. a way. Like, you can't even pass to a guy for an open layup? <laughs> no. You have the ball in your hands really, that you much? Have to, you have to be trying. Uh, I think you really do. And this is this is the the issue. I mean, I don't care if you score fifty one points. If you lose by sixteen uh, to mm-hmm. to Detroit, I just don't. And and yes, he got no help from anyone else. You shouldn't lose a game when Zach Levine goes off for fifty one. But I don't have expectations of these other guys. Like I I yeah. You know, I, I expect Caruso to, to play better than he did, but you know the guy took two shots on the night, didn't even attempt a three, uh, uh, and and you know only got two points, uh, you know, in, in total. But you know you're not expecting him to come off the bench and be this you know uh, guy to score a lot of points for you. Same thing with mm-hmm. Tory Craig. Uh, you're you, you've got Andre Drummond coming off the bench as well. You know, no production from anyone, but there's no one off the bench who really has that you know, even potential to, to come in and do that. No one really fills that role. Um, Kobe you know. Wade and Project Pat also suck. Like, like essentially yeah, the whole game, the whole game outside of their big three was dog shit. It was terrible. I mean, I can add it up right now quickly. Outside of their big three, four plus two plus five plus two plus three. That's not a lot. That's everyone other than their big three. Uh, yep. So it was terrible. But again, I'm not, I'm not, that surprised uh, by by the production from those guys, and the reason I'm I'm going at Zach Levine here is I think D- Demar brings a certain amount of uh, sort of you know 
maturity to the game. And he's shown that he's still got stuff left in the tank, even though, you know, I think we're going to touch on the, the Bulls and Raptors game from Friday night, one of the craziest uh, games I've seen in quite some time. Um, but, you know, he... he I think DeMar still has value as a guy who's still really clutch, uh, has a lot of experience, um, and and can still do a lot of things. I, I'm i not the biggest Vucevic fan, as, as we talked about as well, but, you know, he's he's a guy who can, I don't know, you can talk yourself into, into thinking that he's a center who can provide some, you know, unique skill at that position for his size, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um but when I look no at D. Zach Levine, no D at all. Uh, just absolutely terrible. You know, one, one of the one of the issues for the Bulls, of course, like we mentioned as well. But when I look at Zach Levine specifically, and it, to be fair to the Bulls, they were a second night of a back-to-back when they lost this one, uh, you know, against Detroit. So and, and that one went to overtime. So they were all gassed, I'm sure. Uh, already not a very deep team. But still, when I look at Zach Levine, even through, uh, you know, the first three games of the season, his body language was terrible in the game against the Raptors. He had a terrible game. Mm-hmm. And yes, he comes back and scores 51, but in a losing effort, I just think he's shown me enough now. I if you if you are going to say like you you mentioned Matt, you know, have a fire sale, move someone, I say move Zach Levine. I say see what you can get for him because I just don't think I it's it, it, it it's a weird take for me to have after after a 50 piece, but I I just don't think he's the guy that that is going to carry them uh you know going forward and and someone you can build around i just i just don't mm-hmm. see it there's always there's already been some sort of tension between him and the bulls in the last few years you know the will will they won't they uh you know sort of whether or not he wants to be there in the long term and if the, if you're going to move anyone uh i i would explore uh seeing what you could get for him because i just uh, I think he, weirdly enough, I think he might be the one of the main problems that the Bulls have just right now, just his inconsistency uh, and everything mm-hmm. else. And if you sort of fill the team out, uh, you know, more centered around DeRozan as a scorer and, and Vucevic maybe gets a few more touches and you, you can get back a few, you know, two to three good players for Levine, I think you might even get a little bit better. Uh, so, you know... When this big three, though, was put together, everyone knew they were going to have a tough time getting out of it. It was, you know, three expensive guys whose trade value was not really going to move. If anything, they were going to kind of decrease over time. And I think that's what you're seeing. This this team that gambled and it's just not paying off. So I'm not saying it's easy to move Zach Levine. I don't think it would be. But I I don't know. They're they're still just in a bit of a bind. And it took took the – the most heroic, uh, you know, crazy game ever for them to even get a single win on the season. They really should be 0-3 right now. Um, you know, the, the the Raptors game was just a comedy of errors from both of these teams. Uh, they were lucky with that one Caruso shot from the corner to be able to pull it out. But it's just been bad news for the Bulls. Uh, and, yeah, I my thoughts are have not changed since we, since we previewed them. Um, mm. and, and my outlook was just sad sadness Bleak. yeah well and again I, I gave them the benefit of the doubt that they could have time to figure it out but even this like early on into the season i'm already like i i take it back <laughs> and like i kind of was saying earlier like i do think the big thing is none of those guys are big dogs none of these guys are alphas none of these are number one scoring options in the nba or just number one you know top dogs on a team anymore uh i, I mean like the levine 
he can score. You know, one one of the most talented, pure, just out, go out there and score. You know, give me fifty and no assist kind of guy in yep. the NBA. Uh, and no one's going to take that away from him. He's the youngest one there, and I agree. You know, if you're going to move someone, you would get the most in return for Levine for sure, yep. because you know Vucevic and DeRozan on the wrong side of thirty, limited games. Everyone knows what you're getting from them. But I got to say, again, you know, at least with Levine, you know, I, I think would be an amazing elite second option. And when you have a team with three guys that are all second options, it just doesn't work. And DeRozan, uh, one of my favorite players of all time, maybe one of my favorite athletes, just uh, personal connection-wise, uh, yeah. of all time for me. But this he's not the guy. He's never been the guy. He cannot lead a team for a deep playoff run. I don't know why people keep considering. Like, it's almost like revisionist history at this point <laughs> that people are, you know, like people yeah. are considering, you know, like, like I think there is an argument, you know, is DeRozan a Hall of Famer? Like, he's going to have some crazy stats when it's all said and done. But at the end of the day, the guy is a loser. He has never done anything in the NBA. One conference finals appearance, and even then, he wasn't that good for most of those playoff runs. The DeRozan mm-hmm. has never performed well in the in the playoffs. And again, uh, I love Debo, really but not. he did, th- th- that is just the reality of it. Uh, you know, h- historically bad in the playoffs. Vucevic, historically bad in the playoffs, has never done anything in his career. I don't even think he's ever gotten past the second round in his career. No, he uh, hasn't. This is this is a guy like again, like he's putting up twelve points and four rebounds. That's what he's doing as a, as your starting center. Twelve yep. points, four rebounds. I, I, he is not like he is at best a third option, but he's making first option money still. This is not a, a guy you can hang around and just you know eat up your salary cap. Uh, obviously, you know it, it's going to be hard to move him somewhere. Uh, you know I, I don't know if Orlando if you can do takes his back. Maybe <laughs> takes that's his a thing, back. but. Yep. But I honestly think Jordan, like I don't think it's a one move or a two move. I think you have to get rid of all three. You got to purge. You got to do something. And, and I know that's crazy because this team, you know, everyone had all the hype and they're like, oh, you know what? They made some nice sneaky moves getting these guys. Maybe it'll all work out. It's been three years. We've kind of seen what it is. We've seen the peak, and it's just been downhill since then. There's no point in prolonging this anymore. Your whole team is hot trash. You might as well just try and be bad, spilled for next year, or see what kind of assets you can get back. Who knows? Maybe someone's going to be interested. There's a lot of contenders out there, a lot of people around the league, a lot of teams that would love to, you know, take a DeRozan or a Levine or even a Vooch, yeah. uh, you know, to add to their, their, their roster. But uh, at the end of the day, I think that, you know, these three guys are all still talented and could succeed in the right situations but this one is just not the right one especially considering how bad like absolutely downright bad the rest of the supporting cast is like pat project pat is going to be project pat till he's 45 i don't care <laughs> he's horrible not a good nba player uh kobe white sucks he can oh, maybe kobe have one white. good game every couple of weeks uh, i mean hey great game against the raptors but he did not do that uh you know, in this one at all, uh, and then you know you kind of know what you're getting from the rest of these guys. They're all just bench players. Like sometimes, yeah, they'll have good games, but most of the time they're just going to be average, and uh, it doesn't really work out when the rest of your uh, you know your all stars, quote unquote, are are also playing average. So, Bulls, it's only two, three games into your season, but uh, it's over. Hang Sorry, it pack it up. Uh, it's over. Uh, you know, you tried your best, blow it up. But the team they did manage to beat, though. Which, you know, maybe makes them even worse. Uh, probably does. Uh, the Toronto Raptors. We'll recap that one, too, before we get into uh, some of these uh, the, the, the dog comments that we're going to... Well, obviously, we need a rebuttal. Uh, you know, battle of the podcast potentially coming up here. But, oh, okay, uh, yes. This is a... Uh, you know, this, this was... 
this loss to the Bulls on the on Friday night was insane. Uh, you know, a friend of the program and I, uh, Tyler Bistro and uh, his hey, fiance, we were, were watching the game, and you know, it looks like things are going great. Crazy back and forth. You know, the Raptors are up sixteen to four, then they're down forty to you know forty to four run there, and then they come back, and it looks like they're smooth sailing, and then all in the blink of an eye, they fuck it up. And part of it. Part of it was the refs. Some of it, the refereeing in this was not good. And no. I've been trying my best not to mention bad refereeing through because it's been bad across the league. The whole yeah. league, the refing has been shit. Like they, I, I got to stop complaining about it because it's just bad every year. <laughs> uh, again, like I've said, at this point, I am very close to just saying I will invest in the robot referees. I don't care. <laughs> I'll, I'll find a way to help uh, any way that I can because I'm sick of this shit. But uh, this is a uh, this this whole the way the whole game panned out. It all played out really was just bad. I don't know what the Raptors were kind of thinking down the stretch here. And like my biggest, like the one of the biggest plays in the game, Scotty Barnes throws it to nobody. It didn't even go a, like, a, like a foot. I don't know what the hell was going on there. Like the yeah. Raptors looked so promising in that first game. And, you know, all in the uh, just a matter of a few possessions, they just reverted back to this team that just looks fucking lost out there. And they all just want to do it themselves, and it just doesn't work. And for the last time, I hope I have to say this this year, Siakam, what are you doing, man? <laughs> Actually, I'm going to have to say that again when we talk about the other game. But he has been pretty, pretty bad. Yeah. 41 minutes, he only had 18 points in that first game. And uh, you know, it only gets worse as we go on here. But I mean... From that first game, Jordan, the OT loss to the Bulls, you know, goes down to the wire. Chris Boucher, he had a great game off the bench, but, you know, that mental lapse to not go into the corner, you know, he still chases into the paint and leaves Caruso wide open. This was just a, this was a heartbreaker. Yeah, and it was super fucking weird. Like, I've never, Mm -hmm. I've never seen, like, an ending like this because I I thought I was sure I knew which way it was going, like, eight different times. Um, yeah. First of all, I thought it was going to be tough. Like, if, if, if you're a team coming off a players-only meeting, you do not want to lose that next game. So I thought yeah. it was going to be tough for the Raptors to to win this one. So when they jumped out to that hot start, I was like, oh, okay. Maybe, maybe, they, maybe the Bulls really are just done. Uh, and then I wasn't surprised, though, when the Bulls come back and go on their big run, go up almost 20, and I'm like, okay, this might be a wrap. But mm-hmm. as you say, the Raptors fight back again. Then they take the lead, and it looks like They've got this game comfortably uh, in in hand towards the end of the game. Scotty Barnes is coming down, running the offense, hitting tough fadeaways from the mid range, triple double over, over guys like like Alex Caruso, uh, like it, mm-hmm. you know one of the best defenders. He was in the good, NBA. all things considered. You know that turnover aside, was he was great that game. Yeah, yeah, overall he was incredible. He was super efficient. Uh, he hit a big big three towards the end of, mm-hmm. of the game as well. Uh, just getting wherever he wanted to on the floor. Uh, you know, no one was setting him up. He was he was bringing the ball up and 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 doing his thing. So that is that is a plus. And it looked like that was all going to pay off, and it was going to be a good win. Uh, you know, in a close game, which you need you need that experience of pulling out uh, you know close ones, uh, especially with a a team still trying to you know get to know each other with a new head coach. But yeah, that that inbound where you know people fall down, it just slips out of his hand. It's it's turned over. It turns into an and one for DeMar, and th- this game should have been over about eight times with DeMar DeRozan free throws that he just kept missing, kept making the ones to bring it within one, kept missing. Uh, to he either... wanted the Raptors to win. He kept <laughs> yes. trying to help us. He gave us every single chance. Deep, I don't... We appreciate it, man. Uh, just hit uh, it. Just end it. Honestly, after that, though, like for DeMar, I was I, I, I kind of relieved that the Bulls won because I don't know how he would have been able to live that down, like that many missed yeah. free throws. I mean, it was his 
savviness to, to, you know, pump fake Chris Boucher on that three pointer to put him at the line for three in the first place. Um, that was, well, that good. one then, was bullshit. No, that, that was bullshit. The Scotty but, Barnes double team was bad. I mean the, the Boucher one, I, I, it was bullshit, but I, I, I looked at it, you know, they were never going to overturn that. Even if they had a, you know, even if Darko had a challenge, like he left his feet. Why do you do All that? I just when, kept saying, why do you do that? That was the second quarter. Wouldn't have been a, wouldn't, they wouldn't have called that. Probably not. Probably not. But like, why are you leaving your feet at all for DeMar? Yeah, You're so yeah. much taller than this. Just put a hand up. It's DeMar DeRozan. It's not Steph Curry. Uh, you know, let him fade sideways into a three. It's just uh, a rookie, stupid, uh, idiotic mistake. And then, yeah, Scotty Barnes literally flew into him when he was already well covered by by Siakam. It was going to be a, a tough shot um, to, to, I think that was, you know, to tie it or maybe go ahead by one there at the end mm-hmm. of regulation. But um, it was just, yeah, stupid mental lapse after, after mental lapse. Um, and the Bulls got lucky. I mean, the last two minute report came out said Caruso flopped on the inbounds. That was 100. Uh, that yep. was a uh, you know an offensive foul. Uh, you know, on Siakam. There's just a bunch of yeah terrible officiating. That's for sure. But the Raptors just made too many mistakes, and it looked like the Bulls were going to match them every time with every mistake uh, or missed free throw. Yep. But in the end, it comes down to uh, you know a, a, a fast break and a Caruso three. Um, and, uh, you know, it, it was, it was just a ridiculous game and a, a really tough one for the Raptors to lose. You don't want to lose like that when you expend so much energy going into overtime, when you know, you have a game against the Sixers the next night. Um, yeah. it, it, it's just, a, it's a tough one, but you know, it, it, I, I still came away encouraged by what Scotty Barnes was able to do, but at the same time, like, I don't know. I don't know if Siakam is long for this uh, for this world of of being on the Raptors. I think, I think by the way yeah. he's playing, he might be sort of telling us something a little bit here. Outside of him, everyone else on this team is a bit younger. Uh, you know, you've got you 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 do just get Jakob Pertl. That might be the last thing. You know, his old bench mob buddy, his draft buddy, and he, might be and the even last that thing. Trade keeping... looking back, it doesn't age well knowing that you traded a first round pick for a guy who's no. giving you you know. <clears throat> Six boards, six points. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it, I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know if if Pascal is going to sort of turn it around here, but he's he's been really, really bad. And normally he's a guy who starts the season really well. Last year we were talking about him, uh, you know, potentially being in the mm-hmm. MVP conversation early. He was great. So I, I think, you know, there's, there's something maybe you can read into his performance so far. But all I've seen, though, from Scotty Barnes is that Point Scotty needs to be a full-time thing. The bench mm-hmm. already struggling. They could really use Gary Trent's shooting in that starting lineup. I think they Darko needs to go to that change immediately. Just put Scotty at the full-time point. He's so good attacking in transition. When he grabs the ball off the defensive glass, goes and pushes it. He's a great transition passer. In in yeah. the half court, the best thing I've seen the Raptors do better than any Siakam, you know, back to the basket mid post thing. Fred Van Vliet pick and roll. The best option for the Raptors offense in the half court, which has been terrible the last, you know, basically since the championship run, since Kyle Lowry left, the best mm-hmm. thing I've seen them do is go to Scotty Barnes, let him work someone who's a little bit smaller, you know, get to the rim, you know, do, you know, uh, run the offense a I little like bit. I like the baby hook. It's I great. I like the baby hook. He it's can nice score. See, man. He does it well. He can score pretty easily. Like if you give him the ball at the end of close games, he can go and he can get a shot. And that's something He's the Raptors the have struggled man with. At the old man at the YMCA bag. He does. He does, but it's working. Like, uh, and, and sure, so yeah, I like it. So I say, keep going to that. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, there's, it, there's some encouraging signs and some not so encouraging signs for the Raptors, mm-hmm. but, um, 
it, it was just a weird game. It was just a weird game. And then what, once that goes down, once you lose and you're a little bit deflated, going back to face Joel Embiid, who no one, let's be honest, no one can really handle on the Raptors side. Uh, I, I, I knew it was probably going to be consecutive losses for them. And, and they, they hung yeah. around a little bit in that one, but I wasn't surprised that uh, they fell to the Sixers the next night. Yeah, and uh, you know, spoiler alert for anyone who didn't know, but uh, yeah, they got they got they got beaten up pretty good by the uh, the seventy six year seven point loss. Uh, you know, still respectable, but you know, but when, Scotty uh, Barnes Embiid, again twenty four eight and five. Yeah. Like he's doing, mm-hmm. he's I'm I've been so impressed with him. Yeah, I, again, you know, so, uh, the, you just need to cut down on those turnovers a little yeah, bit uh, yeah. overall. But I mean, other than that, yeah, Scotty has been amazing. And again, this is a game like you said, like this is a game that they should be competitive in. I think even you know you could say uh, you potentially uh, could win. You know, they've got enough uh, bench depth there that you could take advantage of a thin team like this. Uh, but you know, Embiid and Maxi just completely go off. Uh, you know, combined sixty eight points for those two. Yeah. Uh, they they really, they really just commanded the entire game kelly Oubre off the bench you know already uh, may- maybe making his case or early on as a six man of the year contender yep uh, i think uh, you know people are gonna have to really start looking at him uh as a serious one for that and then again you look at the the raptors and you know the the wackiness continues not really anything you know impressive from anybody uh other you know, outside of scotty give me dick yep, yeah grady grady, dick. grady stepped up yep uh, got some hard dick there. Uh, what? He uh, he, he was uh, he, he was great, and, and obviously this one no OG Ananobi as well. Uh, yeah. You know he also missed the down to the stretch of the the, the Bulls game, which uh, you know doesn't help. But the, the reason we really want to circle this one too, this one really is really just kind of a, a routine normal game, nothing crazy here. But it was the shit talking. It was the the talking of one Patrick Beverly. We've talked about him a lot on here. You know he's he likes to think he's a big dog, and you know he made a comment on his own podcast uh, coming into the season, and he uh, re, you know re, re, reverberated it uh, to the NBA world once again after this game. You know saying that uh, the Raptors don't have a dog, they don't have anybody who uh, you know you walk down uh, that dark alley and you're, you're scared to see. He said, "Oh gee, <laughs> Pascal, they don't scare me." And Jordan, I gotta say he's right. He is 100 percent right. I saw those comments oh, yeah. before the season started. He's right. He is true. The, the, none of these guys. That's one of the biggest things why Pascal has never been really looked at as a star in this league is because again he puts up great numbers and he's a good teammate and he's even performed well in the playoffs. But he doesn't have that killer instinct. He's never been a guy yeah. that he gets the ball and you go, oh fuck, like this guy's gonna he's gonna take it now because he has no clutch gene. He's never had that clutch gene. You have to have that killer mentality. He doesn't have it. He's a great player, an All Star level player. He just does not have that. And this was another game where. You know, Patrick Beverly maybe even was in his head. I I hate to say it. Three for eight shooting, eleven and seven and four in thirty-six minutes. That's what your all NBA player gets you. That's insane. Yeah, uh you know, bad. this is a this is a yeah, this was a bad game. OG's out with muscle cramps. And you know, they they proved Patrick Beverly right, in my opinion. Like this is uh you know, and you know, this has nothing to do with his play. Patrick Beverly's a bum. Uh, <laughs> this is uh you know, we're, we're gonna get to that in a second too. Yes. But uh, you know, when Malachi Flynn triples your scoring, you know, you're you're not really uh, out there showing off much. But uh, this is a this is a, a statement that Patrick Beverly's made as an active NBA player, and again, a hundred percent, I think he's right. Yeah, I mean uh, that that's the weird thing. Like everyone's like, oh, we really said that. It's like if, ask you know, put, put put a real Raptors fan down. You know, it, 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 sit them down in a room uh, and and get if they're telling the truth, they're they're gonna say that that's a hundred percent true. I mean. And it's but not it's not like you can you can still be a fan of the Raptors and acknowledge oh, yeah. that they aren't like they aren't imposing people they aren't yeah. they don't do anything that really makes anybody frustrated or you know uh, afraid to play them. Yeah, and it's not even like their fault. Like especially in the, in the case of mm-hmm. Siakam, like 
he's a guy, uh, you know, like, like many players we see in the NBA now. He like he picked up basketball late in his life, uh, and you know he he's, he's learned how to do things. He's become a much better shooter, but he's not that like fluid, uh, you know, baller type mm-hmm. of guy like you know like a Kevin Durant, uh, you mm-hmm. know, Kyrie, any of these you know, Paul George, any of these smooth, pure scorers, like he's, he's never been that. And he's never going to be that he's, he's very kind of methodical, uh, with how he does things. He has his own moves that he goes back to, you know, the spinorama, the, uh, you know, little back, back, the back down, the, the sort of over, you know, fading to the baseline mid-range jump shot. Like it's all very, Mm -hmm. and you've seen in the, you see it in the playoffs every year. He's very easy to game plan against, um, you know, but at, at the same time, he was so integral to the Raptors championship run. He was amazing as like a third, sometimes sec. Well, he was often the second leading scorer, but you know, third yeah. most important type scorer, sometimes even the fourth, uh, you know, on a good team when, when other guys who are those dogs who are, who do get that attention are, you know, taking up, you know, the attention of the defense. Uh, Pascal is a great, uh, you know, in that role, but he's been thrust now for the last three years into this, uh, you know, role that he's just underqualified for. He's never going to be a, a, a number one. And to um, his credit, he has he's performed well. Yeah, hey, he's if done you want better. to just talk about total production, like nobody yeah. I don't think after Kawhi left really expected, outside of, you know, maybe some Raptors fans expected Pascal to be a multiple time all star, all NBA kind of guy. No, yeah. And so, like, yeah, credit to him because, yeah, even in that role that he, he he's just not quite at that level. Yeah, he, he has done well, better than anyone could even expect. But now people are, because he has the awards, because he has the all-star, uh, you know, all-NBA sort of accolades now, people are like, well, he, sh- he should be this awesome. And it's like, no, uh, he was never actually supposed to be that. He's never really, uh, you know, fit that mold. Um, so yeah, th- he, he's right. Uh, and in case the, in the case of OG, this is what, just what we talked about uh, in our preview as well before the season started. That OG is a role player, a really good role player, but never gonna be a guy who's like a number two, number three for you, like ever. Even now, however many years he is into his career, looks like he just learned to dribble. He, he's got the Jalen Brown syndrome. Like uh, there was a turnover mm-hmm. in that Bulls game where he got the ball and, and dribbled down the court. And, and dunked it and it looked like he yeah he, he used like a toddler dribbling the ball like he still doesn't really know how to how to do that he's never tightened the handle he's 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 he still looks uh you know kind of lanky uh, and awkward out there uh but you know in his role as as a guy who just you know can defend the other team's best players on the perimeter and can go uh you know offensively hit around 40 percent from three he's shown for years now he can do that but no he's not a first second or even third option uh so you know pat bev you're right but uh you know i loved i loved my favorite thing was you know pat bev said that uh you know on twitter and someone posted a video uh right underneath it when 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 uh he was with the the timberwolves and they were playing the raptors pat bev kind of fronts uh siakam dribbling the ball like out on the wing uh siakam backs off for a minute to to re-attack and pat pat bev goes no you gotta pass it you gotta pass it demar or uh pascal literally takes two seconds dribbles right around him goes scores an easy two uh it was it was a beautiful uh little uh you know uh clap back at pat bev who yeah they might be dogs but they can still score on you pretty easily pat bev uh because you are just and, running around yeah. out there uh as yeah, famously and- was noted by uh russ 
Exactly, and it's 100% right. Now, that's the last thing we want to kind of touch upon here is, Patrick Beverly, shut the hell up, man. <laughs> Who the fuck do you think you are, bro? Uh, you've so done nothing. fucking annoying. You Jesus are a Christ. nobody. He, he's like, again, he's Draymond without the accomplishments or the height yeah. or yeah. the actual ability to knock a motherfucker out. Because, uh, again, like I, I'm saying right here, I'll throw it on the gauntlet, man. Uh, big yeah. dog to wannabe dogs. Uh, you know, me and Jordan right now, we'll play two-on-two against you and whoever produces your dog shit podcast, Patrick <laughs> Beverly. Uh, and we'll... Yes. we'll We'll fucking ball all over you, man. Honestly, we won't even be close. I'm not even being funny. Uh, you know, he, he says like I, I think Pat. I would Bev take said, that bitch into the post, man. It wouldn't be. Clo- <laughs> I would be. I would be. I'd be throwing shoulder elbows. You like that bitch, huh? Be, Elbow to the chest. It would just just like when Luca did it 800 times uh, when Pat Bev was talking shit to him. Mm-hmm. It would be easy. It would look, uh, yeah, like we aren't even trying. But I mean, honestly though, like not even joking. If I saw Pat Bev in an alley, because I think that's what he said about. Pascal and OG, like, oh, you're not scared if you see these guys. I, I genuinely would not be scared if I saw Pat Bevin oh, no. in, in a dark no. alley. I'd, I'd, I'd laugh He's maybe a little bit. probably my height, but I would still Honestly. pat him on the head or something, man. <laughs> so, you know, uh, nice try, Pat Bev, but, uh, yeah, you're a little pup as well. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Challenges out there, man. You want a formal debate? You want a boxing you match? Do. Uh, whatever you want to do, man. We'll figure it out. We'll uh, we'll take you on 1v1, 2v2, whatever you want to do, man. Uh, it would be yeah. no problem. It would be our pleasure to, to put you in your place, motherfucker. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> But if you want us to play Patrick Beverly or, uh, you know, just yeah, uh, taking a task and any, anything, yeah, let us know at Big Dog Ball Talk. Tweet mm-hmm. at Patrick Beverly. <laughs> the big dogs are coming for him. They're coming for his fucking right, right, head right, right, right. Uh, Yeah, Three real, on three. Me, Toronto, you, uh, me, you, the big dog mm-hmm. monkey, Pat Bev, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, the producer, and I don't know. Joel uh, Embiid. Joel, yeah, sure. Alex, throw, throw him in there. He's soft as well. Yeah, Alex, three, you know, don't, do not let him get away with anything. I'm talking about Embiid, Alex. Mm-hmm. Do not let him mm-hmm. flop because he's going to try to. We're, Matt's going to touch him one time. He's going to fall over. Facts. I'm diving for the knees probably too. Yeah, yeah. Rough. yeah uh, go ahead. And, uh, yeah, that, that, that would actually be kind of cool. Okay, yeah. Let's, let's book it. Alex, get them on the phone. But everyone else, yeah, follow us at Big Dog Ball Talk. Let Patrick <laughs> Beverly know he's a bitch. Uh, and we will be back on Friday with uh, you know more of a recap here of uh, the, the NBA news that's going to be breaking out through the week. Uh, lots of uh-huh. basketball to come. You know, obviously the podcast has been a little bit more light on content lately as the season's just been getting underway. But uh, still, no shortage of excitement and uh, and shit talk to be had. So uh, we look forward to seeing you guys again on Friday. This has been Matt Eichhorn, Jordan Flegel, Big Dog Ball Talk, and as my good friend Jordan always says, uh, Bustin makes me feel good. Oh yeah, you like that, Matt? You know what that's from? I don't mind. Bustin, you know what yeah. that's from? Yeah. But you know what that's yes. from? The Ghostbusters yes, song? Of course, man. Uh, what did you think? The, the what did you think saga? I was talking about? That's disgusting, Matt. What did you think I was talking about? Um, anyway. Um, Busted down Tatiana. Yeah, there we go. Uh, but uh, I, I do have to confess, I've never seen Ghostbusters. Uh, I should check it out, though. Uh, I, I, I believe it's a classic. Uh, I like the song, but... Uh, Ghostbusters 2, man. It's, you just don't even have to watch the first one. Ghostbusters <laughs> 2, that's a classic. That's the All best right. one. All right. Well, we'll watch it Stay together with, with the Big Dog Monkey. Nice.